All right, and so I'm here with Ruta Jordans from Zero Waste Kauai here at Kauai Community Radio and at Kauai Community College. So this is a, a fun experiment in uh, my first podcasting from the mobile locations of my iPhone. And Ruta, thanks for joining me. Sure. And uh, Ruta Jordans from Zero Waste Kauai, tell us a little bit about your background. How long have you lived here on Kauai? Two years. Two years. Yeah. And how long have you been involved with Zero Waste Kauai? Two years. Oh, wow. What was the uh, impetus to uh, get involved with uh, Zero Waste Kauai? I had a problem. Um, I have a cat who uses kitty litter, and I lived in Maine before. I had a large property on which I could easily compost my kitty litter without bothering anybody. And then I moved here and I've been renting and my landlords do not want me to do something like that on their land. So I was talking one day to Joanne Yukimura. I, I was learning about what's available here on the island and asked her if she had any ideas how I could responsibly get rid of my kitty litter, not putting it into the landfill. And she said, well, go talk to the people at Zero Waste Kauai. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Oh, that's how you got involved. <laughs> now, what's the issue with throwing away kitty litter? Most people just throw it away, correct? Right. Most people throw it away. And the poop is organic, obviously. It breaks down. It breaks down. It's compostable. Biodegradable, all those good words. But we don't do that with them. We put it in the landfill and anything that is in the landfill that's covered up is not getting any oxygen to it. So all of those, all the poop, all the, anything that's organic turns to methane and heads up. It gets, it all comes out of the, you, you might have seen landfills that have the, the little um, tubes coming out of them to let mm-hmm. the methane get out. To vef- vent the methane. To vent the methane, right. And... It's all of the organics that we put in the landfill that cause that methane. If you compost, composting uses oxygen, adds oxygen to the material that is being biodegraded. And as it composts, it turns to CO2, but the CO2 turns in turn becomes water and carbon. So you put that compost on the soil and the carbon heads directly into the soil. It's absorbed into the soil. Mm -hmm. So it's not going into the air like carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. It's being sequestered in the ground. It is sequestered. Uh And that's, that's the magic of compost is not only that you're taking all of these organics and turning them back into soil, into very fertile soil, but you're also sequestering carbon, which is the one thing that we need to be doing a lot more of, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't head up into the uh, into the air atmosphere and and turn into you know become a greenhouse gas up there holding our heat in. So the methane gas that is produced in the decomposition of organic materials 
in, in the landfill, whether it's like cardboard or paper products or food waste. Or green waste. Or, or green waste, so yard clippings like that. So if right. people just throw that stuff away instead of separating it out to recycle or to compost, then it just goes into the landfill and then creates metha- methane, methane gas or greenhouse gas. Right. Uh-huh. And, and that's the, if you will, the benefit of composting is that you sequester carbon through the process when you then take this material and use it for your soil. And people have been using for, for many years now, they have been using fertilizer, thinking that that is a better way of feeding the soil, but actually it's not. It's inorganic. Um, it It's made from petroleum products mm-hmm. and it does it might have the right amount of letters on it when you look at look at the bag of fertilizer but it's not as full of good stuff as compost is mm-hmm. compost is much more fertile on top of which compost holds everything together it attracts water it holds water so that it doesn't all disappear immediately um, like it does if it goes through fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and carbon really is magic because what carbon does is once it gets down into the ground, it attracts other minerals to it. So it bonds or it, it binds up it other binds. nutrients in yeah. the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is something that Zero Waste Kauai is involved in, is uh, composting kitty litter. <laughs> no, we've not gotten to that point yet. But what we are trying to do is get more people to learn about composting and to understand not to throw their food in the trash. Mm-hmm. That that food is is it's gold. It it's it's got so much value to it as it's decomposing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've got we've gotten two grants from the county of Kauai to get some uh, compost tumblers, and we got those specifically, well, originally uh, Ben Sullivan at the, uh, the Sustainability Office of the County of Kauai um, recommended the Jora 400 compost tumblers specifically because they're insulated, so they hold the heat in, so if the compost reaches a higher temperature than it might otherwise, and also, it is so much easier to turn than using your pitchfork and trying to turn mm. a compost pile. Right, right. So what's the importance of that high temperature? What, what happens? Why do we want a hot compost pile? Because you want to kill all the bad guys, all the bad bugs that... Um, that you might find in kitty litter. Yes. Right? I mean, isn't there an issue with cat poop being, what's it, the taxoplasmum, something or other? And for most most of the pathogens in in, uh, food or in whatever you might be composting, uh, 160 degrees is all you have to reach. Uh, For taxoplasmaguardia or something like that, um, that's the nasty stuff in cat poop. It's a parasite, and it 
it requires at least 170 degrees. Mm -hmm. So you could, if you will, kill it off through a hot compost pile. If you could get it up to 170, you could. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a webinar, the Institute on Local Self-Reliance. I love that name, Local Self-Reliance. They have done a series of webinars, and their last one was on sanitation, sanitary composting in Haiti. Because following, um, I guess it, it must be the hurricane of where they, they, they had a hurricane and, and an earthquake, right? Yeah, and and their infrastructure was falling apart, and they basically uh, the the roads were becoming the ditches for for all their waste, their 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 people waste, right? Mm-hmm. Was just going down the road, and they had horrible um, open outbreaks. sewage essentially. Open sewage, and they had uh, cholera epidemics mm, okay. there, and uh, a group called SAIL went there and started to compost the human waste and have been doing it for about 10 years now and it works it mm-hmm. works because they have they they monitor it um, they they keep it at the specified temperature for a specified number of, of time amount of time um, and the streets where those they're doing that are clean. The people are healthy, and and we don't have a cholera outbreak happening or threatening. Exactly. Haiti, and they have fertile soil now too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that seems to be. I mean, when I first started getting into composting, it really wasn't an environmental thing. I guess maybe it was. Now that I really think but we about didn't, it, but we didn't know that much about it at all. It, it yeah. was to you know help the garden be a little bit more vital, more, more uh, robust, have, have good soil. And so now it, it seems like there's some other positive benefits on a larger environmental scale when we compost in our backyard or think about removing those waste products from the waste stream and get landfilled. Instead, now they're being separated out and then being used for soil enhancement, soil amendments, as well as reducing the amount of methane gas in our landfill or greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. That's kind of big. And for a place like Kauai, it's really necessary to start looking at that. Our landfill, they say, has seven more years to go, which seven years is not long. Mm -hmm. Um, If we stopped putting food any kind of organics into the landfill, it would last longer. Because they, out on the mainland, they say it's about 50% of the, the waste that goes into a landfill is organic. But um, Alison Fraley said that here it's closer to 25%, partly because we have such an excellent green waste program. Mm-hmm. So our green waste mostly gets composted, but there are still people that put green waste in the landfill. Sure. Um, There are restaurants that put all of their food waste in the landfill, and there are people, residents, who just think that's where you put all your waste, including food. Exactly, it's trash, it's garbage, it's it's refuse. No longer wanted by the household, put it in the plastic bag, throw that in the container, take it out on Thursday, and it's gone. But unfortunately, it's not gone. 
That's the problem right now. When you throw something away, where is away? The landfill. There we go. And the landfill is pretty much full. And it's not just full, but think about it. If you don't have organics, if you don't have anything that used to be alive in the landfill, you would not have all the vermin that you get in there. Mm. You would not have all the pathogens that you get in there. Um, you wouldn't have the methane coming out of there. And you would have more room in the landfill. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's... It's like a win-win-win. Totally, totally. Yeah. And so what is Zero Wastes? How, how are they promoting composting? What, what are some of the programs or activities that Zero Waste is, is getting behind? You mentioned two well, grants. The two, the two grants, um, we got them initially to loan the compost tumblers to industri- places that have industrial-sized kitchens. We quickly learned that most of the restaurants on the island send their food waste to pig farms. Mm-hmm. A fine way to deal with their food waste. A wonderful way. Um, that's one thing is is you can do. Um, I know I happen to live in a place that has sheep and goats, and so most of my food waste goes to the sheep and goats. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're doing with our compost tumblers now is we we're taking them to the schools, and the second grant that we got includes not just showing them how composting works but also the larger picture that it helps how, how it's related to zero waste, which is what we've just been talking about, and how it's related to climate change. Because many people, I've, I've heard all generations of people say, okay, so climate change, we've keep, we keep saying it's coming, but it's, we already know it's here. Mm-hmm. The change is already happening. So what can we as individuals do? And and then they kind of look lost. Well, a huge thing that we all could be doing is putting food into com- food waste into composting and putting the compost on the soil. So like every household could do a small thing that could contribute in a large way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It would make a huge difference. Um, and we have so much green open space here. The Garden Island is blessed with open space. Yes, and if we could cover all of that with compost, can you imagine all the carbon that would be we would be sequestering? Mm, and all the good things that we could grow. On top of that. Yeah, yes. so having the benefit of um, a soil amendment for food production or even mm-hmm. for landscaping, um, but also, uh, if you will, extending the life of our landfill and then carbon sequestration. Yeah. And one of the reasons we got these grants that we, we, we learn as we go on and, and what we learned in our first year was that children, students, can change their behavior, are more likely to change their behavior than adults. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell an adult, no, don't throw that in the trash you know, when they've got their banana peel. But kids, you can explain. it. You, If you want to make a difference in this world, don't put that in the trash. And we went, one of our schools last year was Island School, and Pat Gagan was telling us that seven of his kids they knows about 
went home and either started composting or took over, if their parents were already composting, took over the job at home. Oh, there you go. So that's that's my goal, is to get kids to want to compost. Parents, if you're listening, <laughs> teach your children well. So we're talking with Ruta Jordans. She is with Zero Waste Kauai. She's here on campus here at Kauai Community College, and we're interviewing this for our, our Talking Trash segment. Um, and Ruta, you have... Um, other folks with zero waste can tell us a little bit about the organization because I know there's a, if you will, um, some new leadership and um, wanting to be a little bit more proactive in the education and uh, um, I, I want to say guidance for our community to move towards a more zero waste uh, Kauai. Well, first I want to say we're very, very lucky that John Harder, who has been the president I think since 2006, has agreed to stay with us on an, on the executive committee mm-hmm. so that we have that background too because he's as, as he calls himself the, the dump, dump doctor, doctor right? he knows it quite a knowledgeable gentleman yeah um, but the new people we've got Jesse Brown Clay who um, has kind of taken over the events part of Zero Waste Kauai where um, an organization would be having an event and they would ask us to bring our zero waste stations and make sure that as much as possible goes to being composted mm-hmm. and as little as possible goes to trash. Mm-hmm. John's biggest uh, event that he's he's been doing with Zero Waste is uh, A Taste of Hawaii and they basically have no trash at the end, if you can imagine, that huge, huge event and that we take bags and bags of compost to to be composted. We have lots of recycling, but almost no trash. Only if some vendor happens to bring something that... Uh, and so that that's kind of one of the things about having a zero waste event is that there's some, some uh, certain guidelines or uh, dare I say protocols that that are follow or observe that the vendors provide their food or their beverage in a compostable container and that there are <clears throat> zero waste stations that help the consumer be able to throw their mm-hmm. food waste in one bin and their paper products in another and well paper's compostable okay so anything that's so, compostable goes into one compostable bin. Yes. And then the recyclable stuff goes into the recycle bin. And then the smallest container is the little bit of trash we, that might we, sneak its way we in. Had a, we had um, volunteers working each station. And they were all young people from high school. Um, I guess they were doing their community service mm-hmm. um, through that. And after a while, what they did was they simply turned the trash upside down so that people wouldn't be able, because people kept wanting to We're throw their dishes. creatures of habit. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They wanted to throw their trash, what they thought was trash, into the trash can. And the kids kept saying, compostable, compostable. <laughs> right, right. We just, we had lunch yesterday and uh, we were demonstrating to the new chancellor here on campus with the a drawer tumbler that we've got mm-hmm. here on campus thanks to Zero Waste Kauai in the county. Uh, and the question of meats, meats, bones, chicken parts, do we throw that in there or not? And, you know, some people, they keep that stuff out, and some people in this tumbler says, fine, go ahead, put it in there. 
right? And for me, I know because it's a very nice self-contained unit, it's not gonna attract pests. There's not gonna be rats or chickens or dogs and cats getting into that composter. Um, so it's not a problem for throwing those types of products in there. But obviously there's some things you don't wanna put in the compost. Correct. What would be some, if you want to share with listeners, what would things that you don't want to put in your composter at home? Mainly those things that you just mentioned, the things that uh, it might not get hot enough because you have to have enough mass. I think it's one cubic yard mm -hmm. of mass in order to reach that temperature. Um, and if it's a backyard bin, you have to make sure that you're turning it enough to make sure that it does get hot enough. Um, you're you have to make sure that it's wet enough because the microbes only work in... The microbes are the ones that heat it up. Mm -hmm. And they only work if it's moist. Mm -hmm. If it's too dry or too wet, they don't work. It's one of the cool things I've always enjoyed about my composting is looking at the, if you will, abundance of life mm -hmm. in that and at different layers. It's got a, and the heat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the heat will chase them to the, if you will, the margins, the other creepy crawlies. But you need that heat to break down pathogens and things exactly. that you can't see. Exactly. And with the with the Jura four hundred, we can put in uh, the the bones that still have meat on them um, or dairy products, which you wouldn't put in a regular. Uh, compost tumbler mm -hmm. but you can do that with the Jura 400 because it does get hotter because it's insulated and because you're constantly turning around and aerating it mm -hmm. Well mm -hmm. and keeping it moist and keeping it all balanced right and that's it I mean like yeah. life it's all about balance yeah well there we go so what else does zero waste Kauai do besides uh, go to campuses and loan out tumblers <laughs> um, we do try to do more teaching. That's the direction we'd like to go into more now, which we're, why we're happy with this new grant because it requires us to spend two hours in... Per school, per, per compost school, com per, composting site. Right, mm -hmm. right. And to talk about the zero waste and, and uh, composting and climate change. Um, and do you guys have like regular meetings? Do you? Yes. Yes. When, when, if folks who are listening want to um, find out more about Zero Waste Kauai, how, how do they find out more? Okay, they can uh, write to zwkauai at gmail.com. That's the new email. Email, okay. right. Um, our website is zerowastekauai.net. And our meetings are once a month on the third Tuesday of every month at five o'clock and we're now meeting in the civic center in the moe keha room there you go right there where the uh, planning commission i think meets well actually it's same building way, but it's a different room the way i know how to find it is i take the stairs that are right by the compost tumbler <laughs> <laughs> So they're in our round building in, in the uh, county uh, administration services, the, mm -hmm. the, the complex there. Um, you just find the compost tumbler and go up go, the stairs. Go up the stairs. And that's the third Tuesday of third every Tuesday. month. Yeah. So you guys are having a meeting next week? Next week. Uh-huh. Yes. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Come, come join us. Terrific. Now, there's also an event next uh, Wednesday. Oh, are that's you aware so a exciting. Bit? Yes. Tell us a little bit about well, that. Well, two of our members will be on the panel um, the 
National Tropical Botanical Garden got a grant, I believe from the county also, mm-hmm. uh, to hold these, um, I, I, I'm not sure quite what to call it because it's going to be more like a round table kind of thing. So it's not going to be people, Not like a panel discussion. There, there will be a brief panel discussion where each panelist talks for five minutes. And then they're going to sit at a table and people can, can rotate around and talk and spend some time with, with that each, individual. each of the panelists. Mm-hmm. And, and um, this is going to be next week, Wednesday. And they're, um, I, they're going to focus on solid waste specifically. And I know that John Harder, our, our um, ex-president, and Jesse Brown Clay are both going Featured. to be involved. Going to be, yeah. going to be rotating in that speed dating. And the rest of us are going to all have tables also. So oh, nice. um, I know Surfrider's going to have a table there. Zero Waste is going to have a table there. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a very informative evening. Nice. And so that's 5 o'clock at the... At the annex of the... Convention Center convention or the... Center. Uh, Memorial Memorial. Auditorium. Yes. Yes. Peace and Freedom Hall that some people call it. I I keep thinking it should be changed to Peace Memorial. Yeah. Well, there's so. Remember the peace that we've had. There we go. Thanks. That's worth (laughs) memorializing. Well, Ruta, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk story with us at Kauai Community Radio. And again, thanks for your advocacy for. Uh, our island to move in that direction. We, we, we wouldn't have a composter at KCC if it wasn't for <laughs> your advocacy and your willingness to work with our students. So thanks for that. You know, this, this has been the most wonderful experience because it seems like everybody's waking up to what we can do. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody I meet on Kauai, I, you know, say I'm, I'm with Zero Waste Kauai and they light up. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought people would lay up talking about waste? There we go. <laughs> well, the things that uh, is uh, most, I think, remarkable about our community is that we're very supportive. We're very um, uh, wanting to be engaged and, and do the right thing. And so it's great when there's an organization like Zero Waste Kauai that helps us do the right thing. Great. Thanks, Ruda. Thank you. Aloha. Let's see what we got I hope here. it worked. 26 minutes long.